Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, the number one, Mr. Quick. Tonight we're going to talk about why are we depressed. What is depression? Depression amongst men isn't a topic that we're comfortable discussing. So we're going to talk about depression amongst everyone. With this current climate, I feel that it is very necessary to be inclusive of everybody about everything so that we all can have an understanding. We all can relate. We all 
have gotten into a funk. That's what I call it. For me, I really can't pinpoint the reason, but from my understanding, that's depression. So we're going to talk about ways to recognize depression. Maybe some causes, maybe even resolve some things or get some resolutions about things that have you depressed. Let's talk about it. This is just healthy conversation. This isn't clinical by any stretch of anyone's imagination. So before we get going, we're going to talk about, we're going to first define depression so that we all clear of what we're talking about. Essentially, uh, without giving any type of clinical depression or depressive disorder, it's just a common but serious mood disorder. It causes uh, severe symptoms that affect how you feel, think, and handle daily activities, such as sleeping, eating, or working. Well, without further ado, let's get right to it. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, caller. Let's go. I was I was welcoming our other caller. Oh, okay. I thought we was ready to get into it. Well, let's get right into it. Good evening. So, go ahead, please. Um, first of all, I'd like to say this day is blessed, this place is blessed, and we are blessed. Um, living in this uh, fast-paced society that we have, uh, too much to do and too little time to do it in, many times we're overwhelmed. And the excess stress maybe may cause us to become depressed. So, so it could be so like time not time management per se, but just because you get overwhelmed with everything that's going on, you meaning? Am I understanding? Sometimes, because it depends upon what you're juggling. You got kids. Uh, a job or when you work for yourself and paying bills and, um, you know, just trying to keep your head above water, um, you know, and you're working towards something and uh, feels like you, you know, might be going through it all by yourself, but we're never alone. Um, right. But just, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, day to day, whether it's somebody cutting you off, giving you the finger, some days you only just have so much tolerance, you know, for uh, any, you know, extra crap when you, you know, trying to um, do basically what Matthew 6 and 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And, you know, when you're trying to, or, or I feel like, when I'm trying to walk the, this walk uh, on this journey, 
and uh, be a good steward. Be a good steward. Um, the adversary comes at you through every source possible, and sometimes it gets tough to remember. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. But we just got to know that we, you know, we are held. Um, some days, you know, when it feels like it's only one foot, one set of footprints in the sand, is it yours or, you know, is it our Savior? So he never leaves us nor forsakes us, um, but nobody promised us a flower bed of ease. I can dig that. I know for for me sometimes like like I was saying earlier, I don't even know why I'm in that funk. But I just, I'm just in the funk, you know. Uh and it may last for for days, but it's uh my funk. So I don't I've never been diagnosed by anyone for depression, but according to all I read is very common. Uh, and and to your point, who knows why? You know, so much going on, so you know, many things to factor in and different elements that one probably could get depressed just knowing the story. You know, uh, but it's it's we I know for sure, men, it, it affects a lot. It affects us in so many different ways um, that we don't really even want to discuss because we're ashamed or we're embarrassed or uncomfortable talking about, you know. Uh, But tonight we're going to talk about those things because, you know, somebody here going through the same thing as you. Right. But that's the same for women. You know, there's so many different things that um, can get us depressed. And I think that, you know, quite honestly, you know, they're kind of, and I'm not sure because I'm not, I don't, I'm not a doctor and I do not work in that field, but uh, I think that there's sort of different levels of depression. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, it's, and depending on what caused it, some depression lasts longer than others. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it's a matter of, you know, you recognizing being depressed. Um, because sometimes, the, you know, when you don't recognize it and you look back, um, you can you can call it for what it was, you know. After I had my last son, he is just over two. Um, I went into a state of depression, postpartum depression. I had no, and and it's and it's kind of strange because it didn't like all the signs that that they tell you to look for. It didn't hit me. And that way, it wasn't, I wasn't ever feeling that I was inadequate to take care of my kids or, you know, that I was overwhelmed. Well, I did operate in a state of overwhelm, like on 100 every day, all day. Um, But it wasn't in such a way that I was overwhelmed with having children or, or anything like that. It hit me 
um, in a way that I couldn't recognize until the really strange thing, there was one day I woke up and I just felt like the weight was lifted and I felt different. And so that's when I started to think about like, wait a minute, you know, like why, why is this day so different? But looking back, looking backward, you know, since, since his birth, it was, okay, this was, that was depression. That was a form of depression, you know? Um, so I think that, you know, some depression lasts longer than others, and it, I guess it does depend on whether you're able to recognize it because it comes in different forms, and, and the way depression may affect you is, may not be the way it affects me. Absolutely. Now, that's one thing that, um, as, a, as a man, you know, I don't think about or consider is postpartum um, depression. You know, you see it on television. And that's as far as it goes. But dealing with it uh, firsthand, um, and then you say you didn't recognize it until after you had come out of that that funk. Um, Well, I mean, like, give me an idea of a typical day of both sides, right? During and post depression. Um, like when I was in it and it was, it was just doing everything, you know, not really, just not really, um, stopping to take a breath and just feeling overwhelmed and feeling like, and so, and and just feeling like I had to do it all, um, and just not smiling, not 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 laughing. It was just you know, um, work, work, work. I don't know, just work, work, work. Not happy. Not taking the time to enjoy, you know, my family. And it was you know how you get up. I can okay. So the best way I can describe it is is you know it's it's that three a.m. cry. When you gotta get up and do a feeding, and you just went to bed at one thirty, uh-huh. and while you get up and and you 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 feeding your baby, and you you know what's going on, and you feed him, and you burp him, and you know change him, and lay him back down, um, it was just you just going through the motions because that's what you're trained to do, versus actually being coherent and functioning during the process. You see what I'm saying? Right. I don't know if that makes sense. So that's that's just how it was for a year and a half, going through the motions, um, staying in a funk because I, you know, just feeling like the world was on my shoulders and I had to do it all. And honestly, you know, don't get me wrong, you were here, but it was still feeling like I was by myself, um, you know, having to adjust to our new life. Then, not to mention having to go to work and you know deal with the stress levels there, and you go from work to home to you know work to pick up the kids to home to dinner to you know it was just um, very systematic. And while I I do function well off of a system, it was I was um, I was. In the system, but not living in the system. I don't. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, 
it, it does. It does. Um, so post after after the the the, the depression, uh, <laughs> typical day, I guess this era. How how is it? Okay. Well, you know, quite honestly, the, there was just one day I woke up and I looked at I looked at the baby boy and was like, man, you just turned one, you know, and he was mobile and starting to, you know, just, you know, he had already started to develop personality before then, but it was just one day where I just recognized that, man, you're a little individual, like, where have I been this last year? I hadn't, you know, I've been so stressed out and just you know, getting it that I haven't even really taken a time to enjoy you. And then, you know, enjoy then came, you know, the okay, let me get back to myself. Because for some reason I've been in, as you would say, the spunk. And so, you know, I started to get up and, you know, pray. And, you know, I started to, to laugh and I actually spoke to you about it. And, you know, yeah. I don't remember the conversation, but it was like, I, do. Oh, God, I don't know what's going on with me, but I remember, I've just been in a funk, you know? Um, and of course, that was after the fact, but I started to talk about it. And um, just honestly, just burdens were lifted. And so, you know, now it's, it's kind of like I'm, I'm in it. I do have my system, you know, I do operate and I do function. And, but it's one of those things where I stop, I take a breath. And, you know, I, I pull back a little bit and I enjoy and I don't let the stress level take me to a place where um, I'm feeling like it's too much and I'm feeling like I'm by myself and, you know, man, I got to do all this by myself and, you know, it's, it's not even that. I'm able to say, you know, well, can you do this? And and if I don't ask, then it's just one of those where I'm able to, you know, let something go for a while. And do it the next day. Okay, um, so, so I have a question. I have a question. Two questions, rather. During that moment of of depression, was there anything that I could have done to assist you, to either prevent uh-huh. or to help you come out of it faster, or, you know, as an outsider, is there anything that I could have done? Here's the thing. And I, you can you can tell me if you remember or not, but you were doing things. And do you remember? Like I think you were doing what you could do, what you knew how to do. But I even saw you as like not the enemy, but as a part of the way. You see what I'm saying? It was like <clears throat> baby needs a diaper change. You would change the diaper, you know, or. You would change the diaper and say, you know, say you went there, you changed the diaper, and you was like, baby, can you hear me the wipes? I just felt like, okay, now while you're doing what you can do, um, because I have to hand you the wipes, is like I saw you as a weight, not necessarily somebody coming in to, you know, get under the weight and carry the load with me. You see what I mean? Right. So... I think that, and the crazy thing about it is there was nothing I could do. I remember, you know, thinking to myself, like, man, you know, like, what? Like, why are you, you know, why are you, 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 you,
Hey. Yes. Um. I I uh. I, I going through tough times like this. Um, and I'm I'm very proud uh, of your marriage and and your walk, Mr. and Mrs. Quick. Um, putting your shoulders to the grindstone and doing what the word says, be fruitful and multiply. But during those times, um, we still have to put on our armor. And for me, um, my, my, my best tool um, is uh, prayer. Um, my number one is the Lord's Prayer. Number two, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restores my soul. His, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. That was the, I read the first through the third. You know, you got to keep in, you got to, you know, keep reading your Bible, listening to some positive music. Um, he didn't bring you this far to leave you. He is not going to put more on us than uh, we can stand. When you become weary, we must go back to the Father, not tear each other apart. Um, and there's there's this amazing song that I really love. Uh, one of the lyrics says, he had the solution before you have the problem. Um, we, we, you know, it, during these times, daily throughout the day, take it to the Lord in prayer. Um, it's, it's, um, I, and, and I can, I can identify when you're going through it, um, having, I mean, a very long history of uh, depression. The one thing that uh, will make me stop whining and complaining and looking at the problem is listen to some music. Find some music. Find someone uh, that inspires you. T.D. Jakes, uh, Mandisa is uh, one of my favorite. Kirk Franklin. Sometimes you, you need just a little bit of a distraction so that, you know, just look away from the problem for a moment, you know, and look to the master. And then, you know, you look back and you can say, okay, yes, I can. It's doable. You know, uh, um, um, uh, he, he he is with me. Um, so, and then also, you know, uh, please try to keep in mind, um, we don't say it every day, all day, and real quick, I know you're talking about the weight, but there are many people that uh, admire you and are looking to you uh, as a mentor, you know, um, Miss, Mr. Quick can do it. Miss Quick can do it. I can do it too. Um, it's just you know when it when it just feels like it's heavy, you know it get you a you know take a quiet moment and pray. But also what I learned is having an attitude of gratitude because you know just get out your shoes for a moment. And step into somebody else's. Uh, in one of your previous topics, uh, you were talking about the homeless. You know, there are some people that uh, uh, storms come through, tear up their whole world. 
You know, it could be a whole lot worse. So, you know, when you get in that funk, what I found is, you know, when, when the apathy uh, kicks in, it, it, that's my signal to say, hey, you need to change your attitude. You need to get an attitude of gratitude. If you can't say anything else, well, then thank you, Father, for life, health, and strength. You know, and then I would say, you know, ask him to, you know, forgive you and, and to strengthen you and renew you to keep on your journey. Um, you're chosen. You are you are chosen. Um, uh, and and uh, he knows that you are you are capable. Um, at times, our lives we drift a little bit. We drift apart, but then we come back together again. You know, so. Um, just, you know, you got to pray for one another, you know, and continue to, you know, uh, try to go in fellowship and worship. Um, it's just so, just so many different things. Um, maybe sit down and watch a cartoon with the kids, you know, take a break. You don't have to be superwoman or superman. Um, so, you know, don't, don't, you know, husband and wife. They're supposed to build each other up, and and I know that's like, you know, I'm saying on the outside, who am I? I got some nerve, but I'm just trying to give you a, a positive thought. Build each other up, you know. Be thankful, um, you know, just just thankful for the husband, the father, the mother, the wife, the cook, um, you know, just you you really have a lot to be grateful for. It might, you know, it might seem a little, you know, scary at times, but when we go back to the master, when we take it to the Lord in prayer, he will renew us. And many times with all of this madness, we we forget to, you know, do that. Um, so that's, that's a big help because um, even if you're seeing a therapist or a doctor, they're going to ask you, what are you doing, you know, to help yourself? through this, and I'm not going to try and get a clinical diagnosis, and unfortunately, well, I don't know if it's unfortunate or fortunate. I'm speaking from experience. You know, um, the therapist can't do it all. If you go to a therapist, the medication isn't going to do it all. Even if you're on medication, you're going to have to help yourself. Find ways to help yourself. Maybe uh, write love notes to each other or notes of appreciation to each other. Um, maybe, you, you know, you might want to create some um, affirmation cards that you say put around your mirror, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're strong, um, you know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So there are some days you're going to have to be your own pep, uh, your own, uh, pep squad, but you can do it. And, 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 you know, I know you're saying, hey, I just, I just want to talk about it. Yeah, but don't, you know, please, let's not get don't go too deep in down in that valley. Yeah, we're gonna have, you know, some days we're gonna be on top of the mountain, and some days yeah, we're gonna be deep in the valley. But you know, you keep on going through. Thank you for letting me share. Well, I'm gonna talk about the valley. Some of us was meant to be in the valley to talk to the dry bones. So. Sometimes you got to go as deep as you can go because somebody else is down there for you to speak to. You know, you can't stay. You got to go outside your comfort zone. And in this conversation, it's about beyond because we're beyond that point in our lives when she was going through the postpartum. It was beyond that when she was in the funk or when I was in the funk. So right now we're talking about 
uh, we're identifying because no one wants to have a conversation because some people can't even don't even recognize the fact that it's depression or we don't know why we're depressed, you know? So like you were saying earlier, it could just be overwhelmed with um, everything that's going on. And hell, it could be thoughts. It could be some of the music we listen to. It could be some of the, the plans we have that is not just going in the time frame that we have set aside. We We don't know. But tonight, we're going to help somebody understand what it is and know that they wasn't the only ones that's going through it, from the mother to the father. Amen. Real quick, we're going to introduce Dr. Twin to the line. Uh, Twin, welcome. Appreciate it, Twin. Um, I agree with you on what you were just saying. Um, The hardest thing I think for people is identifying that they're in depression and recognizing it and kind of uh, acknowledging that they're depressed. A lot of times, as you said, they try to say it's a whole bunch of other things. Um, and depression is kind of one of the things that sneak up on you. you. You don't really know it until you kind of are in it. And, and then when you're in it, you're surprised that you're in it, and then you got to figure right. your way out of it. Um, and, and I've had that before, been in depression as well before at a point in time, and it was one of those things where it snuck up on me. You know, I was sad in the place that I was in. I was sad. You know, my father had just passed. I was in a sad moment, but I didn't realize my sadness dipped into depression. And so I just basically had to realize it on my own that I was in depression. And even I had talked to my brother and we both had a conversation about it where, you know, we were doing things outside of our norm, almost like what Miss Quick was saying. I was working, I was in the system, working the system, but wasn't really focused inside the system. It was one of those things. I was going through the motions, but not really realizing that I wasn't really focused or really doing everything I should be doing at the time. And that, my behavior, my attitude, and everything was changing from what I originally was. Um, because you just focusing on what the problem is or focusing on whatever may be going on in your life that may be actually putting you in this position or putting you in this funk, as you call it. And it's one of those things where it hits you or where you actually recognize it, if you can, you know, it's kind of a slap in the face. And then you're like, oh, man, how did I get here? And And what can I do to get out there? What can I do to make myself happy? What what can I do to get out of this place? And, and what actually brought me to this place if you don't even realize you're in this place? So it's one of those things, like you, like uh, you lady was saying, um, you know, you got to pray. You have a prayer life, pray. That sometimes can help you get out of it. Um, if you have a favorite song that just can change your attitude or your mindset, uh, do that. Whatever you know that can bring you happiness, bring you joy, uh, take your mind off of things and just kind of take that beat and let yourself just woosa, reflect, and come back. And, you know, almost like doing the reset. You know, hit the reset button on yourself. Hit the reset button on your mindset, your emotions, and just trying to collect yourself together and then kind of forge ahead. But forge ahead not by yourself, but forge ahead with God by your side. Like she was saying, God will never leave you or forsake you. He'll be with you always. He's always there. It's up to us to reach our hand out there and say, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. 
I need you to help me get out of this, help me to change my mindset, help me to kind of get back to my norm norm. Um, like you said, it's one of the challenges, and the biggest challenge is actually acknowledging that you're in that particular state. You know, you are you are absolutely right. Now, remember, she didn't know. Sorry about Miss Quick. She didn't know she was in it until after she came out. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to say uh, I'm depressed when I don't know I'm depressed. I don't know I'm in this funk. You know, uh, moving and, and, and things are moving normal. You know, things are progressing. Like you said, when she turned around, the kid was a year old. So that, that tells you that there was a uh, it was a while. In fact, as far as I can remember, that had it. I'm not going to say her norm, but she was still moving. She was still around. Like it wasn't much happiness um, for, for for lack of terminology because we she, we were tired. You know, newborn baby. So <laughs> instead of cracking jokes and laughing, we trying to sleep because that's not what's a lot of that's going on. So. We gotta be be mindful of like sometimes we just don't we don't even know you don't know until you know you know what I mean right and and she clicked the switch and dang I was depressed I was you know I'm back to the new to to my usual me go ahead Miss Quick I'm sorry no no you're fine now like I was gonna say it's 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 one of those things where you you know something's off and you know and and my husband didn't know simply because there were days where we were able to have you know laugh and joke and have a conversation like we normally would it didn't happen as often as it usually would because like I said we were tired so there were some days where you know I put forth an extra effort to be happy and to share you know, my happiness. And don't get me wrong, I'm the happiest woman in the world now, then, and always have been. But the problem was, is just for this moment, for some reason, you know, I was was just, I couldn't get out of my state of being overwhelmed. I did not, I didn't see, I couldn't see a way through it. And because I couldn't see a way through it, you know, I felt, I guess I felt down or felt, you know, um, I I don't want to say inadequate, but I I just, I felt different. Um, So. Well, you can see, you can see see overwhelmed when you have, you know, children, you know, 15 months apart, you know, Uh, you got, you got one, you lug in here. You got one, you lug in there. You got to flip this one. You got to turn that one. You got to check this one temperature. You got to, you know, this one is done. I know it sounds like I'm I'm cooking, but that's how busy it is. So don't, you can't minimize it, but the whole, the fact of the matter is, this is a stage of depression. This is, this is one of those categories more often than not, we forget about, you know, and there's nothing and, and that I could have done to pull you out. I'm going to pray for you because I do that anyway. But who knows? Maybe, you know, God had you doing that, had to set you down. It's like a computer. You know, you had to, to drop it down to bare bones just so it could 
go, you know what I mean, like operate at a at a operate a functional level, but not necessarily write codes and go online and, and do all the extra stuff. Just doing enough to get you because if you try to go full speed, you probably would have burnt out with two kids in diapers, if you will. You know? Who knows? Yeah, and, and you know, honestly, you know, just just being real, <clears throat> because I was able to, you know, come out and, again, woke up that one day and just felt, you know, like the burdens had lifted and, you know, I kind of came into myself and, you know, was able to talk to you about it. But it it, it was obviously prayers and my consistent searching for what it was you know, going on with me that, that brought me out. Um, and music is a motivator, um, and I listen to gospel music all the time. You know, so I, I feed my spirit everything that it's hungry for. Um, but being in it, being in a state of depression and having um, thoughts and feelings of being inadequate, and, you know, it's, it's easier said now to, you know, for me to tell someone how to come out of it. It's easy for me to tell someone how to come out of it, but when you're in it, it's it's the hardest thing in the world to do. You know, it's like um, telling an alcoholic to, to quit drinking. You know what I'm saying? It's telling, you know, telling a drug addict to, to, to quit getting high, telling a sex addict to quit having sex. You know, it's it's just hard to do. It's easy outside looking in. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, um, but being in it, there, there, you know, there has to be some type of different strategy. You know, so there has to be a way we can help people who are in depression, um, rather than just saying, "Well, you know, pray your way through it," or you know, talk your way out of it. Because there's some, you know, like you said, especially among men, there are things that men. Um, can't and won't share simply because they're men and it's it's hard for them to um discuss yeah yeah so you know it's it's kind of one of those now how do we help the men who are in this situation or or women you know who who are in it and they can't vocalize it or they feel like you know what well if if I tell my husband that that I'm overwhelmed and that, you know, that, you know, I'm stressed out and, you know, I'm going to feel less than a woman. You know, I don't want him to look at me like, like I'm weak. You know, I don't want to be his damsel in distress. I want to be his queen. So queens are strong. So I need to suck this up and keep on moving. But it's it's not about sucking it up. You know, it's about being free from it, you know? Absolutely. Now you know one of the things you you may you may mention with with us being you know we we get into those depressed we get into those faults you know and it's a lot that affects us you know it's a lot of weight that we carry you know but one I know when we're in that fault our sex drive isn't isn't there you know uh, now I know you know. Twin, he may not agree, and 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 Pastor just came to the line. He may not agree. He may not, you know, they may not want to say this, but you know, sometimes it it it's so much on our minds to where 
the connection between the brain and the little head ain't quite ain't quite there. You know. Uh so but we're not gonna come out and say because we're not gonna we're not gonna look or be seen as less than a man. I understand that, but what you know, like the same that same thing happens to women, and 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 you know maybe this is a little too much information, but like husband, can I share freely? Yeah, share freely. It's not bad. So, but so in okay, so during our pregnancies. Like, you know, and pregnancy affects people, you know, in tons and thousands of different ways. But it took my sex drive. Maybe it was the weight gain. Maybe it was the belly. You know, I don't know. It was just like, you know, um, it wasn't there. It didn't exist. And even for that period of time where I was, you know, experiencing postpartum depression, like, having sex was the last thought on my mind. Like, far from it. Maybe it was having, you know, two babies in diapers. You know, I don't know what it was, but it was, do what? Sex? No. You know, um, that it was just the furthest thing from my mind. Um, I, I can't explain why, but it wasn't something that I would ever say, you know, I didn't say that to you. Like, well, no. You know, I I don't feel like it. I'm just too fat right now. You know, like no, I'm your wife. Whenever it was time to go, time to go. But that happens to women too, and I think that even even still, those are conversations that um, need to be had so that there's an understanding of what's going on. Versus, because I told you, you know, phone calls before, our brains go crazy. Like we we can make up a story just as clear as day in our mind and not and not have any <laughs> you know, it may not have any truth to it, but it's you know, from past experiences, from our friends' experiences, from T V and you know, well when so and so husband stayed out past eight o'clock and he sent her a text, he was cheating and I know that's what you were doing. So I said it to say it's better to have those conversations or kind of bridge a comfort zone into having a conversation with, you know, husband and wife so that those kind of thoughts, you know, you don't make other people's problems y'all's problems. That's very true. That's important. So right now we're going to take this time to welcome Pastor to the line. I know you got in, well, you came in in the thick of things, so uh, welcome. Yes, sir. I'm, I just I, I just come in, so I'm hearing, I guess, bits and pieces. Sounds like um, we're talking about some kind of depression, sounds like. We're talking about all kinds of depression. Depression, depression for <laughs> oh. everybody. Okay, are you asking, is it real? Are you asking, how do we deal with it? Are you asking? No, oh, I mean... The biggest thing we got we got we got to put it on the table because a lot of times there's things that's going on that we don't recognize as depression. You know, uh, for me, I didn't recognize it. I was just like, well, I'm in some kind of funk, and that's what it was. 
you know, my twin said he he felt sad in his after uh, the loss of, of his fox, you know. Uh, so, and the Miz said hers came about when, you know, uh, postpartum. So we all has had some bout with depression, you know, um, okay. but we're not having the conversation about it so that we can get some type of understanding of where we're at. Well, well, just to, I guess, catch up to where you guys are, my um, depression came on and still comes on, uh, I guess, well, this is how it happened to me. Um, My stress leads to my depression. You know, in other words, if, you know, if I'm stressed out for an extended period, you know, um, the more stress I have on me at some point, you know, it, it leads me to that, you know, that, that, that stage. You know, I can handle, I, I think I can handle the stress, but once it gets to depression, you know, I, it's beyond my control then. So, um, you know, that that's, that's how I go to my, that that depressing place. That's how I get depressed. It's just I get overloaded. Stress just mm-hmm. usually leads to it. You know, getting, you know, being stressed out about, you know, uh, sometimes just being a man, uh, and and you know, without knowingly, you know, there's a standard that I set for myself as a man, and it's not supposedly based on how you carry yourself as a man or anything. It's just I set a standard for myself as a man and as a husband and as, you know, um, a pastor and as a father and things like that. And when I, when I, I'm unable to meet those standards, I feel like, you know, I haven't met the standards or whatever. Um, you know, uh, first of all, I, 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 stress is created trying to meet them. And when I don't meet them, that's when I fall into depression. And unfortunately, I could do something about the uh, stress. Usually, as I accomplish things, you know, the stress is kind of somewhat relieved. But once I get in that depression, this depression stage, to be honest with you, I stay in it. And like you said, I don't talk about it. I act like it's not there. Um, but just like you've got functioning alcoholics, I'm a, um, I'm a functioning depressionist, if that's even a word. So, you know, uh, that's that's where... I'm not gonna say that's where I was. That's where I am. I'm depressed uh, even right now. But it's it's um, and the only reason I admit it is because we're on this line, you know. But the thing about it is, I get so busy with my stress until I just leave what I'm depressed. I just leave that alone. I just leave it there, and it don't really hit me until I get by myself. So I keep myself busy, and it keeps my mind off of what I'm depressed over. So that's that's just real talk right there. But we we now you do recognize that you know it's still there. It's just yeah, being in yeah I, I know it. Yeah, yeah, I do. It 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 is there. But as long as I don't, as as long as I don't get still enough to think about it, or as long as I don't um, hear anything about it, you know, I'm I'm good. I can. I can keep going, man, but, you know, at nighttime, you know, I I don't like to wake up in the middle of the night because when I do, 
I'm probably not going back to sleep because honestly, I'm depressed. And um, you know, when we start talking about dealing with the depression, that's a that's a whole other subject. But uh, yeah, depression, man, is um, it's real. I I consider it as a disease. I've never been treated for it. I've never done anything for it. You know, because a lot of people that are quote unquote Christian, we've been taught that you know you pray about things, you know, and there's nothing wrong with prayer, but sometimes you need uh, clinical help. You need, you know, uh, you really you really need that. And, again, don't get me wrong, prayer is excellent. Prayer does work. Prayer does help. It does. But um, there's a reason why Jesus described himself as a, as a counselor, and sometimes that's what we need. Uh, so, you know, it's just um, – it's just the way it is, you know. So again, as long as I'm busy, um and I and I can handle the stress, I'm okay, but there are some areas where I'm extremely depressed and it's usually uh death, it's usually extreme disappointment. Um, um you know, you look at your age and you look at where you are in life, you know, for me at least it needs to, you know, you can get depressed. Um, you can look at where you're living and where you want to be living and where you thought you could be living. And, you know, it's easy to get depressed about that. Uh, it's just so much, man. It's just, it's just so much. But, again, um, yeah, I'll be the first one to tell you, man. I, I deal with um, stress, and my stress, when it's not dealt with appropriately, leads to depression. And once I get to that depression stage, uh, that's a hard place. That's a hard place. So yeah, I'm I'm depressed right now, man. <laughs> but I can still laugh and talk to y'all on the phone. Doc, where you at, Doc? <clears throat> yeah, I agree with Pastor. I mean, I like his term that he used. Uh, functioning depression. I think that uh, many of us do that. Um, we just, as I said, go through the motions. We we kind of cope with it as we kind of figure a way out of it. Um, and it's just one of those things where when you're in that particular state, like you said, you, you function. You can still laugh. You can still do this. But sometimes when you're by yourself or your mind thinks back to it, to the issues, most of the times, and sometimes even for me, it is stress, overwhelming. Uh, sometimes you can get into that funk and and yeah. wonder, you know, okay, how can I get out of this place that I'm in? You know, um, you try to complete objectives that is causing the stress, or try to alleviate the stress off your plate. Um, handle this, uh, handle that. Uh, try to change your mindset. Uh, with regards to what may be causing uh, the worry or the stress. Um, you just try to cope with it and try to work your way through it. Um, as yep. I said, you function. You function through it, um, knowing you're trying to get to that happy place, get to that place where you know you are the best at. Um, like I said, it's a battle. And, and, and people don't like to talk about it. And so sometimes you're in it by yourself. Uh, sometimes you can't share it with nobody. Um, because as a man, most of the times we don't like we don't like to be looked at as weak. So most of the times we either try to function through it, or try to smile through it, or try to work our way through it. 
without acknowledging it or telling anybody that we're going through it because we never want to look weak in anybody's mind. We always want to look strong, and people look for us to be strong. Um, but sometimes mm-hmm. the strongest thing is to acknowledge, hey, yeah, I'm having a day right now. <laughs> you know, just I'm good, but I'm just having a day or I'm having a moment. You know, just yeah. give me a day. Let me, let me try to get myself together and, uh, you know, try to work on yourself. So you can be the best you can for yourself as well as everybody else that is around you that you touch. But you know, you have to right, Pastor. When you start talking about the inadequate, man, that that's enough to put you put your put your boy, that put you in that phone there, man. But I know yeah. one of the things that that I had to fall back away from and that's comparing myself to other people. You know what I mean? Um that's that's uh, that's that's depression. That's depressing in itself. You know, uh, the hardest question that I ever have to answer is why. You know what I mean? Or why them other than me versus me? Or why this versus that? That's hell. So I, I bring myself to you know to understand that. That's their season. It's their moment. It's their time. Mine's coming. I know, or you know what I mean, or you know, fall back and just look at what you what you have in front of you, and be grateful for that. You know what I mean. Once you be grateful for what's in front of you, it's easier to move to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's easier to move, but but when you're when you're comparing, only thing you you're not seeing what you have. You're seeing what you don't have. And that's not gratitude at all. Yes, sir, I hear you. I I, I do hear you. And, um, you know, unfortunately um, for me, uh, trying to dig my way out of it every now and then, you know, the, the enemy would tell you, tell me, you know, look, dude, you know, and I'm not going to say he's telling me the truth, but he's, you know, it's sort of like, okay, here you oh, are. Yeah. Supposed to, it's supposed to be leading people. You want to talk about the blind leading the blind, you know. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is I'm still able to, you know, do what I'm called to do effectively. Um, but, you know, there's just this place. And, um, you know, you can't discuss it with everybody. Everybody can't relate to it, you know, and believe it or not, uh, a lot of it is actually biblical. I can I can show you people in the Bible that I have studied, because uh, sometimes, man, you know, as a pastor, you know, I have a lot of people study to preach and study to teach, and that's cool, but, you know, I have to study to live sometimes. I have to study for me. I have to look and say, let me find another dude that, that, that did what I did, man. Let me, let me see if I can find somebody. And I and I found three or four people in the Bible that I can really relate to, and they were uh, depressed, if you will, and they ended up making mistakes. They ended up it cost one of them their life. Um, there's a man in the Bible by the name of Judas, and he was actually one of Jesus' disciples. But what happened was um, he betrayed Jesus. He sold him out for some money, and uh, eventually the Bible said he hung himself. He felt so guilty. He was depressed over what he had done, and it cost him his life. And I thought about that for a long time, man. I'm like, wow, here I am. You know, you get stressed out over 
and he was stressed out, out over what he did, you know, to Jesus. He sold him out. He literally sold him out to the enemy, and uh, you know, he, he received money for it. And sometimes, man, you know, when it, whenever my issue becomes financial, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe I'll sell the Lord out, quote unquote. You know, I'll go after the money instead of doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, man, it. You know, you start reading this kind of stuff, and it's like, man, you know, suicidal thoughts start coming in your mind and things like that. And this is, this is real, y'all. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything to try to impress anybody. This is just, it's real thoughts, real, you know, um, real with me. I mean, that's just the way it is. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Jeremiah, and uh, he was known as a weeping prophet. He was leading other people, but they were rejecting him and. You know, his own people were rejecting him, and he was in poverty and, and, and lonely. He didn't have a wife and all these things. And so he began to question God about why he had been born. And, you know, I, I wish he just had left me in my mother's womb and stuff. That's real, man. That's that's not just him. That's me. It's like, God, why in the world? You know, you start to question God. And so for me, when I start to question God, I know I'm depressed. But some kind of way, man, just to show you the power of God, he cleans me up on a, you know, during the week at some point. And by Sunday morning, by the time I get to the church, I'm able to take my own self out of all that I'm dealing with, and I'm able to do what he would ask me to do. And I sit up and I watch people excited. I watch them come out of their, you know, doldrums. I watch them grow and learn. You know, I see marriages saved. I see, you know, lives being made better. And that's that's comforting, but when I get by myself, I'm like, nah, God, this ain't this ain't this ain't right, man, you know. And it means nothing, you know. So uh, depression is real. I don't care what anybody says, and uh, I know that if, that prayer has the power to pull me through. But I don't notice it has. I mean, I, it hadn't pulled me out as of yet. And and you know, and one day I'll get the help that I need. I I, I assume, but I. Just wanted to show y'all a biblical point of it, and when we talk about the solution, I'm going to tell you what I know I heard. I don't hear God's voice all the time. I just don't. But I know I heard God's voice a few years ago, and he defined depression for me. And this is what I'm trying to do, and I haven't been able to accomplish it yet. But anyway, I'm probably the wrong person for y'all to talk to because my, no, my depression is real, man. <laughs> no man, you're the right person to talk to, man. Will you uh so I you just heard, I just heard you say something, man. I'm sitting over here to myself like, man, he just talked himself out of it. You know what I mean? Like like God told you one thing and here you are like, nah man, this ain't this can't be right. You just talked yourself out of back into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how deep that's how that's how deeply rooted it is. That's how I deep mean, it I'm is. Being, Listen, I want y'all to know something, and this is this is um, an error of mine. I ask, I ask y'all for forgiveness. I ask God for forgiveness. I haven't talked to anybody about this. I haven't talked to another pastor. I haven't talked to um, a counselor. I haven't even talked to my wife about this, and that's that's wrong. But you know, um, I don't know for for whatever reason, you know, I, I bear this portion of my soul tonight, you know. Maybe it'll help somebody, but um, you know, I didn't know what depression was. I've never sought treatment for it, but I prayed and I asked God, 
you got to lift me out of this. I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know. I was, ended up laying in the middle of my living room floor a few years ago. I didn't think I was going to make it through the night. It just got it gotten that deep and that bad. I didn't have no gun in my head, none of that stuff. I hadn't taken any pills. I wasn't, you know, I thought about suicide, but I didn't, you know, it wasn't to the point where I was <laughs> going to do it, you know. Um, and I called a pastor friend of mine, and I was talking to him. But we were just general conversation. I wouldn't really tell him what I was going through. And this is what he told me. He said, man, you know, he said, uh, to be honest with you, he said, if I don't wake up in the morning, it'll be all right with me. He said, I'm not going to commit suicide, but if I don't wake up, I'm okay with that. And, you know, in our conversation, I brought him down to the point where he was like, man, I don't really want to live either. But I still hadn't told him what I was going through. And and at some point, the Lord, I actually heard the Lord define depression for me. It's not clinical. It's not necessarily biblical. It's maybe not found in the dictionary. But I began to see the word depression, and it divided. And I saw the word D-E, the letters D-E, then I saw P-R-E-S-S when I saw that. And then he just told me, he said, this is what you need to do. And he said, anytime you see that word D-E, that means to stop, you know, you know, and, and that's what he told me to do. Stop pressing. Stop trying so hard. Stop, mm. stop putting all this pressure on yourself. And, you know, he told me that years ago, man. And I know I heard him say it. But, you know, like just like when you want to decelerate, that means reduce your speed. You know, um, uh, defrost or whatever. You know, that means to take the, the frozenness away or whatever. So he told me mm-hmm. that. Just stop pressing. Just just stop pressing, and, and you're going to see it get better. The problem is that I don't know how. It's easy to say that, uh, but I don't know how. How can you stop pressing whenever you are, uh, uh, number one, not just a man, but a black man? Uh, you marry your husband, um, and people depend on you to help lift their spirits. So, you know. I'm still trying to figure it all out, and I'm not angry about it. I'm not upset about it. It just it just is what it is right now, and um, I appreciate you guys having this because I guess I get a chance to get a little bit of it out. But I never, I didn't mean for this to be about about me. But I, again, that's just real talk right there. That's all there is to it. So uh, you guys can take it on from here. I think I'm gonna get off of here and just uh, play solitaire. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna say this. I just came, this came across the screen just now. It says, "Feel really good about you, and you will attract more people, circumstances, and events that will make you feel good." And I think that's the root of it. That's the root of the, the root of all this. You know, uh, when we don't feel good about us, that's when we become depressed when we don't feel good about our situation or what have you you know so we got to change our mind and we got to i guess constantly have conversations you know so that you have uh words of encouragement you have you know certain things especially for us who are who are married you know we fortunately we have someone a soundboard that we could use you know uh but we don't want to because 
we don't want to seem inadequate. You know, we don't want to seem less than a man. You know, um, that's the I think that's the fear that 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 men have. That's the reason why we don't really have those conversations uh, about it. I mean, you know, we gonna say, you know, we don't mention sex, so we ain't gonna have sex, or so that that part. But it's the other part, you know. So what's going on in our heads that we're afraid to talk about? You know what I mean? That's that's the part. Miss Quick, I told you we started talking about talking about uh <laughs> men we don't talk about that stuff. I mean, it's, you know, I, I guess for me, you know, <clears throat> I guess I have a question for, for Pastor um, before I go on. Uh, is this the first time that you, like, said out loud that you are suffering from depression? Uh, the first time I've said it aloud uh, publicly. I mean, you know, when I'm you know, I spend a lot of time on the road, and I'll, you know, I have these conversations, you know, whether I'm talking to God or just getting it out. You know, I've said it, but I haven't said it where another person can hear me. So I know that probably makes no sense, but you know, I haven't, haven't, I haven't said it to an, another person. But just riding, you know, on a long stretch of road or whatever, and just starting to evaluate yourself, you know, kind of like position heal yourself. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I can't take it. I'm just, I'm depressed. I, I know I'm depressed. I don't know what to do about it. I'm sick of being depressed. I'm, you know, so what is the cry for help? And I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's the first time publicly. It is. So, you know, I guess uh, another question is, is the reason we were talking about this is because my husband and I were talking about it and, you know, he was saying how tough it is for men to, mm-hmm. you know, say that because they feel less inadequate. And I understand. Um, but I, I told him is that, you know, to your wife, you, like, to me, he is, you know, he won't be soft or, you know, less than for having um, moments that make him human. If you mm-hmm. never thought, um, you know, or never questioned God or never looked at somebody else's life and said, you know what, well, how do I get, you know, X, Y, Z, and I only got this, you know, if you've never done that, I was in, you're not even human. Because I think that we all, it's a part of human nature to look at someone and kind of compare, you know, see where your life measure up, so to speak. So, how can you know, I guess I'm trying to understand where it or if there is even a problem in just you know saying to your wife, look, you know I'm depressed. Here's what I'm depressed about. And the reason I say that is because sometimes saying it out loud, and you pass, mm-hmm. you you can tell me if I'm wrong. You know, sometimes saying it out loud gives you a little bit of freedom. 
you know, uh, sometimes saying out loud, you know, makes you, or if you say what, what you're depressed about, you know, I'm depressed because I got a 50-inch TV and I want a 70-inch Okay? Sometimes saying it out loud makes you seem how silly your problem is compared yeah. to the grand standard. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you, in talking, especially to your wife, you really never know if that's going to be the moment that frees you from your depression and opens that door or not. And um, the crazy thing is I was watching this this, this pastor speak on, uh, I don't know if it was YouTube or whatever, but he had said something, you know, that, that kind of hit home. It's, it's, you know, we always look at God and ask God, you know, say that, you know, this didn't happen. Or why did this happen to me? Why did this, you know, why you got to do it to me? And if we just change it up a little bit and and say, you know, and realize that what, what God does, he does for us, not to us. It's like, right. well, you know, well, you know, you, you let so-and-so get that car. Why do you let me get that car? But, you know, you don't know that car got recall on brakes, you know. Um, and, and God, he did it for you because he didn't want you to have to buy the car and then turn around and have this issue with brakes and be out of a car, you know, mm-hmm. while your car was in the shop or whatever. You see what I'm saying? So it was just one of those oh, yeah. things where if we just change it, you know, and say, well, why did this happen to me? Instead of saying, God, thank you for letting it happen for me, um, mm-hmm. you know, that could, that could kind of, you know, change things even more for us. Yeah, uh, I can address the part about the wife, uh, about talking to the wife, and um, you know this is how, you know, you guys might say this is this is my way of justifying it or, you know, or an excuse or whatever. But this is my reasoning, and uh, you know whether I'm wrong or not, it is what it is. But this is truly how I see it. Number one, um, I love her too much to weigh her down with. Um, something that I know would trouble her. Uh, you know, it's not about me being strong around her. She's seen me in my weak moments, so that's not an issue, but it's just the idea that, you know, she has, you know, some things that she has to go through. She has some things that, you know, uh, just require strength, and, and I'm not going to be, if I can't be an asset there, I'm definitely got, I'm not going to be a detriment. My second reason for, you know, not talking to her at least about this is the fact that, okay, let's just say I go over the edge. I don't, I don't think I'm going to go over the edge, y'all, but it, let's just say I'm going to go over the edge. I need her to take care of my kids. I, I need her. She she loves me enough to where if I'm in it, uh, she's jumping in there with me, and I know that. And uh, I know that uh, there's some things that I can handle um, privately that, you know, right or wrong, I, I just don't need to share because it it would shake her to her core. It would just shake her. Now, again, I do talk to her, but I talk to her about um, what I'm tired of. For instance, we were in church on Sunday, and, uh, you know, and she just stopped me. She just stopped me. She was in the back with me. She just stopped me. She said, let me, let, let, let me just pray for you. And I didn't say anything. I just grabbed her hand. 
and she prayed for me. But I was didn't see myself, but I was walking back and forth, and she knew something was starting to get to me. But you know, it was something I was stressed out about, and it really did help. But again, I, I need her. I need her to take care of the kids. I need her so that whenever I do quote unquote check out for a minute or two and I I reach my limit. I need her to keep working. So I, I can't we both can't be down. We can't it's like you and your husband having the flu. I got kids you gotta take care of. So that's how I view that and uh I know she's probably stronger than I think, but I love her too much to I'm not gonna weigh her down with uh, with this. I'm just not I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. I mean that that makes sense. I I just I was just trying to understand. Yeah. Bro, I actually uh, I love that logic. I I I I, well I agree with it but I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like like I agree (laughs) with you hundred percent. And that would be my logic. That would be my logic. Listen. No, no, no. That would be mine. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but when they ain't got nobody else to talk to, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like, I, oh, I, oh, here we go. I guess I gotta have this talk now. You know. Uh, but I, I do, I do understand, bro. I understand a hundred percent. I do, I do. It don't sound crazy. It, it don't sound right. But you no, don't sound crazy either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I do understand. So I just want to definitely let you know that I, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> well, I listen, everybody that may be listening or whatever, don't 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 think that I'm you know, that what I'm doing is right. You go and get the help that you need. Um, you know, if if you, you know your own situation. I'm telling you about mine. I'm not giving advice tonight. I'm just, you know, being open and honest. And and I guess this is the way that my way of trying to help somebody is just being honest about it. I'm not ashamed that I'm depressed. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of that in the least bit. I I think I know how I got here, and um, I think I know how I got here. And it's just, um, you know. Um, it over time it built up and uh you know and here we are now so um but overall like i said i'm good i'm <laughs> i'm i'm depressed but fun- but i'm able to function i'm able to laugh i'm able to enjoy some life um but um i haven't learned how to stop pressing i haven't learned how to uh completely just let it all go i mean one of you guys said something about death. I mean, you know, whenever somebody passes away in the church, um, you know, I'm, yeah, actually, I, I don't know how other pastors see it. I've never asked them, but that's like my children. That's just like, you know, now it's not like you losing one of my biological children. I got that. But, you know, when you lose somebody in the church or whatever, man, you, you, you question yourself sometimes, you know, that I – did I lead them the right way? What could I have done to extend their life? Um, what about their family now? And you know, you ask a ton of questions, and then when you're standing up there doing that eulogy and all of that, um, whatever it, 
you you know death is permanent, man, and it 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 um you know it it hurts. You know, I took my daughter to um, the cemetery today. We were just riding, going to do some things, and I was just showing her around some things. And and um, I went over to the um, cemetery and I said, "This is where they buried Pastor Ellis." Uh, he said, "She said, yeah, I recognize the the headstone because you had a picture of it or whatever." And so, you know, you you just you know, you just look around and you're like, man, this this thing is quick. This thing is short, man, and uh, all of that. So it just starts to close in on you every now and then. But, again, listen, y'all, I don't feel sorry for myself um, or anything like that. And I know I got hope way down deep that, you know what, I'm going to come out of this one day. But I don't need nobody feeling sorry for me, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, y'all can pray for me, but I don't. I don't need nobody feeling sorry, man. It's it, it is what it is. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Do Do you think that? And this is not just specific to you, so um, just yeah. in general. But do Do you think that sometimes depression can be avoided if we are rooted further in the word or rooted further in prayer um, and just more on trusting God rather than, you know, trying to, to carry all that weight of, of what we need to or want to accomplish? I think that's a really good question because this is what I, the question that I asked um, myself and the question that I asked God was, okay, it, would this thing go away if I completely just fell out? Just my every waking moment is about, you know, prayer and you know, and 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 just serving others and 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 just all of that. Just forget about myself altogether. You know, is that, you know, is that is that the answer? Is that what I need to, you know, is that what I need to do? So yeah, I've asked that that same question. You know, um, the issue. One of the issues with me is, um, you know, when I read the Bible, um, here's my thing. Is this is so simple, but it's dumb at the same time. When I read the Bible, I actually believe what I read. I actually believe that people can be healed. I actually believe that God would take care of all your needs. I mean, I really believe this stuff. I, I believe it. And so, you know, it's almost like, um, this quick, if if um, God forbid your husband passed away, I pray that nothing doesn't happen for another two hundred years. But if he passed away, and you got the will, and you're looking at the will, and you're seeing all the things that you have a right to, but somebody's telling you, I know you, you say you have a right to it, but uh, not yet. I, I can't give it to you right now. And you're sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. So when I read the Bible. And I believe that God can heal, but then somebody, you know, close to me passes away. You know, it 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 kind of hurts a little bit. But then I understand, mm-hmm. okay, death sometimes is healing, and I get that. So that's a really good question. Um, but the problem is, I, there's not a lot of me left now. I've I've given away just about. <laughs> About everything. Matter of fact, y'all, believe it or not, just about everything I own, um, I don't have. I probably got one or two things that I purchased from working a nine to five job or 
or something like that. That's not, you know, my day is not filled with just going to do something for me. I get up at 4.45 a.m. and I have a 5 a.m. prayer. And at 5.45, I have a 6 a.m. prayer. And then from there, you know, obviously take the kids to school. But then uh, from there, I have kids that come to the, the church at uh, at um, uh, 8.30. And I'm with them to 1.30. And then have Bible class at um, uh, are really meetings at 6 o'clock and Bible class at 7 o'clock. And then it's just on and on and on. That's all I do. I mean that's that's all I do. I don't um I don't even try to take time for myself, you know. Uh mm-hmm. so I'm pretty much sold out. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question though. Really, really good question and I'm not gonna really just, you know, say that I got the answer to it, but maybe I do. Maybe getting closer is the answer. But it's like wow. I'm <laughs> man. How right. much more you want, God? <laughs> right, yeah. So. Now, the question is, <clears throat> we we can identify, well, we can identify some of the, the symptoms. Uh, we can almost kind of identify the roots. You know, we, 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 we've specified a single cause. Um, for the men, uh, we've identified a category for the women, which I guess uh, even in that, it was part of the same cause, which is the inadequate. Um, so how how do we identify? I mean, I'm sorry. How do we, I guess, fix it, you know? Uh, for me, I would think... Um, if you, as long as you're grateful, you can't feel inadequate. You know what I mean? I don't disagree with that, man. <clears throat> you can you can feel inadequate and still be grateful. You know, you, uh, feeling inadequate has to do with what what you put in or put out, but feeling grateful is what you get. You know, what you get out of it, like. I think that you can feel like I'm I'm grateful for my family, you know, grateful for our boys. Um, but my feelings of inadequate is because like I'm falling short. Not you know, that's that's just what I would think. Right. But If you if you if you back up and look, and you look at the health of them, you look at how they how they're fed and how they're uh, you know what I mean, like good and respectful and like how are you inadequate? Oh, you know I mean? see. Yeah, so I see what you say, mean. I, I so I would say you have a lot to be grateful for. You know what I mean? So that's that's one way. To to over the inadequacy is you know identify what you're grateful for. Uh, that's me. Right now we're gonna we're gonna ask the doc because he's been quiet. So uh, I know he has some thoughts for Miss Quick and Pastor Robinson and myself. Doctor Twin, what you got for us? 
Well, actually, uh, one of my friends stopped by, and they've been listening on the call, and they kind of want to say something on so passing and let them kind of uh, give some thoughts and uh, answer the question for them, all right? Rise it up. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, how you doing? Hello. Uh, all right, all right. Um, yeah, I came in late in the conversation, but uh, I was listening, and um, when, when when you when we speak of depression, it is uh, it's it's like a huge um, ideology because there's so many triggers and so many things, man, that can uh, stimulate the onset of depression. And um, one of the things I learned personally and uh, as I went to school and studied human behavior was um, a lot of times we fall into depression uh, for several reasons, but most of them is because of uh, self-doubt, insecurities, perception of others who we love. Um, we, We create these false narratives in our head and a lot of times that prevents us from opening up and being transparent with the very same people that we we say we love because we don't want to be viewed as weak. We don't want to be seen as less of a man or less of a woman or less of a caretaker. And what happens is uh, we tend to create coping mechanisms. Um, My therapist, when I was in therapy, he called them temporary thrills. And he said temporary thrills are sort of like putting a Band-Aid on a scab that um, is going to continue to leak even if you put the Band-Aid there. And I I came in on a conversation when I heard a young lady. She said she listened to music. Well, that was my go-to mechanism to uh, get me out of a, a slump of feeling depressed and when I was in therapy, uh, the therapist asked me, he said, so what happens when the sun goes off that makes you feel better? And I said, well, um, I feel better, and I move on. He said, but the problem is still at hand. He said, whatever caused you to be depressed, we owe it to ourselves to figure out what is it and address it. And And I remember asking him, so how do you address depression? And he said, you have to communicate. You have to find someone that you trust, and you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable with that person. He said, because a lot of times we create these narratives in our head about how we would be perceived if we talk about something or if we show our flaws and our weakness. And most of the time, that, that, that narrative that we created, that person who we love or care about or who we feel like we really want to talk to may not most of the time don't even perceive us like that because he or she is going through things as well, and they are looking into somebody who they trust and love to confide to and talk to about those situations too. Um, one of the things I learned is that the best teacher – aside from our Lord and Savior, is our experiences and having the opportunity to talk about our shortcomings with others and listen to their experiences. And what we realize is that we're not out there by ourselves. Because a lot of times when we're depressed, we feel like we're out there by ourselves. You know, 
I remember, and also, you know, we, we have to also mention uh, that generation uh, uh, transference, especially uh, myself being raised by my grandfather. He was the epitome of suppressing his problems, of suppressing the way he feel. Um, he's 83 now, and he used to tell me, he, he would say, son, um, you ain't fooling me because that's a crooked smile. And I used to be like, what you mean by a crooked smile? And he used to say, coming from a man who never shared what he was going through or how he was feeling, I've learned to perfect a crooked smile. And he say, he said, what I failed to realize was that although I thought I was masking it, it was actually being shown more than I ever thought it was. And so um, he told me one day, he said, I want you to do me a favor. And he said, if something is going on with you, if you feel like you're uncomfortable with talking to me about it, if you don't want to talk to your girlfriend about it, he said, we have to break this curse. He said, you need to go and speak to somebody about what you're going through. He said, you have, and, and I used to say, Grandpa, but I pray. I pray. He said, yep. He said, but when you get off your knees, you have to act. You have to act also. You have a responsibility also, son. Mm. And and so I, I when I talk to the kids, I, I always try to let them know that I want you to be as comfortable as, as possible to share how you feel, to share how you feel. This is a no-judgment zone, but it's my responsibility to um, listen to you, not move my lips, but use my ears to listen to you. And when it's appropriate, you know, I can only provide advice, but I, um, and and I, I, I'm speaking from the male perspective. There's a lot goes into why we we become depressed, man. And a lot of it is perception. A lot of it is self doubt. A lot of it is the roles that we have in our families. Um, and and there's a difference between being viewed weak and being viewed vulnerable. I think when we are vulnerable, uh, I think when a man understands it's okay to be vulnerable. Then that man underst- he understands that one, no one is perfect. Two, that and sometimes in order to get things solved, we have to let down our guard and we have to speak to somebody who we know is in our corner. And we can't only say it, but we have to we have to believe that through actions, you know. Um, and and so I I I try to. Many times I go into pressure, man. Mother's Day, I go into pressure because I lost my mom. And one of the things I I, I do is um, I'll allow myself a few hours just to reflect, process on it. And then after that, one of the questions I ask myself is, what would my mother want from me on this day? You know, what would she want from me? And from that, from answering that question, that puts me in a better spirit. And now each and every time I go to that place, I know how to get myself out of it. But I can't, we, we, we have to just stop putting band-aids on situations and think that something is just going to come out of nowhere and solve it. We have to start learning to talk about it like we're doing tonight. When I was listening tonight, I was like, this is very powerful because 
everybody is is sharing a a vulnerable side of them and 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 I think it's extremely helpful because we all learn from that. We all learn from that, but that's just my take on it. I don't think there's no 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 true remedy to it. There's no I mean, they have medication out there, but what happens when the medication wears off? Most times those individuals who take the antidepressants, they become far worse when they off the medication mm-hmm. than 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 and then when they wasn't taking the medication at all. And 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 we have to organically um address depression. Um and I think when I say organically it is be honest with self, be true to self, talk about what is honestly uh bothering you. Um my motto is even if your voice crack when you talk about it, you have to sit down with your loved one or somebody you trust wholeheartedly. Be transparent and get it out of your system. Because if not, man, it's just gonna you're gonna suppress it and uh it's gonna pop up spontaneous like just just out of nowhere. And all of a sudden uh we back at that stage where we're looking for a temporary fix to address that situation. And uh, that's that's just my take on it. Um, it's just so much we go through, man. Uh, uh, we try to measure ourselves up to other people sometimes, not even knowing we do that. Uh, we feel like we should have got a job position at work. We didn't do that. So all of a sudden now we start beating ourselves up bad. That puts us in the phone. And um, I have a cousin uh, he did not get like three positions, and it got to the point he became very complacent with just not trying anymore. And I told him, I said, "You have been defeated, cuz. You know, you have been defeated." And I said, "Maybe this is God telling you that what's for you is not in this job right now." And you know, he he kind of looked at me. He was like, "No, I believe this is my calling." And I and I said, well, you, we gotta find some some other type of way to address this. And lo and behold, he was just out talking, networking one day, and he ended up speaking to a gentleman that was in the same field as he was, and he was talking about his struggles at the job. He sent the gentleman his resume, and boom! When the gentleman saw his resume, he actually got the position at another bank that he tried mm-hmm. several times at his job to get. And I just told him, man, that's because you put actions. You you no longer just dealt with it and suppressed it. You you put actions toward what was bothering you. You you talked about it, and lo and behold, look how God works. So I, I believe communication um, is key, and I also believe that just being transparent with somebody you love and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable um, with hopes of um, a solution and not a temporary fix. Um, I, I think we become stronger and more competent with dealing with future um, issues that may cause us to slip into a depression. Mm. Boy, you said you said a mouthful, man, and I, I'm glad you was listening, bro. Straight up, and thank you for that insight, man, because. Communication, I think communication is a very big thing in everything, and, and that 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 could be you know part of resolution to every problem is 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 talking about it. 
And, you know, I, I had a I had a little joke, you know, when people would talk about, yeah, I put on the song. What happened when you, you know, when that damn CD skipped? Now, <laughs> like, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't in, in that mode of positivity anymore. You, you know what I mean? Right. So you got to take something else beyond, you know. Let's actually look for, you know, a split for that broken leg instead of a bandage. You know what I mean? So let's yes, let's sir. talk about it with somebody who can give you feedback so that way, you know, you can grow and move forward. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I I I I I I I tell you, man, I just um oh man, my childhood years, man, I'm the oldest kid. I tell you, man, I was one I was the epitome of my grandfather. You couldn't get a a bleep out of me. You know, whatever I was going through, I just, I internalized it. But as I reflect now as an adult, even though I suppress it, it came out in other forms. It came out through me always physically fighting. It came out through me preying on my 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 colleagues in my class who I deemed to be weaker than me, so I picked on them. And my reasons for picking on them was to make them feel just as worse as I was feeling. And a lot of times, this is what's going on right now. Uh, a, a lot of us internally, we have, we are in turmoil. And because we don't want to talk about it or don't want to address it, we are going around and and even in relationships, you know, I, 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 we talk, I went to a conference and they were talking about how men single men, single women, they will go out and they try to attract people who are who are at a point where they think they want to be, but they bring that person into their misery oh. a lot of times. Oh. A lot of times. In order for them to make themselves feel better. And I oh. thought back as a kid, man, I would do stuff like that. Kids would come um, in my class and I knew they wasn't as tough as me or they didn't show that impulsivity or aggressiveness like I did. And I would, I would harass them for no reason. And as I look back on it, it was simply because they was in a place physically, from what I saw visually and physically, that I wanted to be. But I wasn't there. So I tried to bring them into that darkness and that anger and that aggression where I was to make myself feel better. And that's what that and that's why people we, we hear when you go to church, people say be be weary of certain spirits. And it's not that they don't even they mo I think most of us cause I didn't know I was doing that. I did not know I was doing that until I went through some got some help therapy and I reflected back on that. And I say, wow I didn't know. I was just acting. I was just acting. And, and now as an adult, I have some family members. I see it in them. You know, we have gatherings. Everything could be going coping steady, but they'll bring up a topic or they'll bring up something to trigger the good times and the good vibes to cause chaos. Why? Because as they enter the reunion or they enter the family gathering, they enter it in misery already. And all that happiness and positive vibes around them, it bothered them because they're not in that place. So that spirit, that those issues they're dealing with, 
they start they they try to spew it on those who are happy, and and we and we all can relate to that. We got some family members we know like if we hear they coming to a gathering, we like oh we know something's gonna be started. I mean just just start stuff for no reason, and a lot of times it's because something internally the spirit, especially the spirit, but other stuff is going on too that has never been addressed and. A lot of us right now, we have brought children into this world, and we still have issues from our childhood we have not addressed. Miss mm-hmm. Quick, what's your thought? I mean, he he came in with the hammer and hit the nail on the head. Um, he did say one thing that um, Pastor had said before uh, when he was younger and, you know, and, and having a conversation with his friend and his response was, I pray. And I think that, don't get me wrong, as great as prayer is, I think that um, our generation is people we were raised to pray, you know, pray about yeah. everything. Yeah. And we yeah. want prayers yeah. to talk, you know, so that I think that's the barrier. You know, it's like, well, you know, well, you're feeling kind of down, you know, so yeah, just pray about it. You'll be all right tomorrow. And um, even, I mean, with with our kids, sometimes I tell our oldest, like, I, you know, we haven't prayed about it, but it's one of those things where he has prayed about it, but right now what he's trying to do is put action behind it and talking to me about it, you know, whether it's a test that he's nervous about or whatever the case may be. And so sometimes I miss that because, you know, when I was growing up, it was like, well, well, great. You know, so we have to put forth a conscious effort to, you know, as we say, listen, and then, you know, help, you know, act by, by helping and filling in wherever we need to fill in to help for our young people, but even for, you know, husband, wife, friends, family, whatever, whoever may be feeling depressed, um, we have to do more acting. I mean, keep praying, but feel our responsibility and acting as well. Dig this. You're absolutely right. Pastor, what's your thoughts? Well, everything that they're saying is actually you know, uh, from my vantage point, it, it's 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 actually biblical. Um, you know, the Lord, uh, God asked a question, or God made a statement, and it made no sense, to be honest with you, initially when I read it. He said it's not good for man to be alone. It's kind of like, okay, if God, I got you, that's enough. I mean, that should be enough. But God said it's not good for man to be alone. And that lets me know right there that you do need, I'm not saying God is not able to, to lift you out of depression. He surely is, but he, he 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 put us here, you know, so that we can aid and assist one another. And uh, so he said it's not good for man to be alone. So he gave, you know, Adam a help me. He gave him someone that he could talk to. He gave him someone that could help him through whatever he was dealing with or whatever. The problem is, even though he gave Adam that person, um, the Bible said Eve If you read it carefully Eve um, started talking to um, Satan <laughs> Instead of talking to 
her husband. Her husband kept doing the job, kept working, and he was talking to Satan, and that's when the, the downfall began or whatever. So everything they're saying is, is true. You know, uh, you do need someone to talk to, and you do you do have to be careful who you talk to. So I don't I don't doubt that in the least. In the least bit. Um, again, I, I think it's just absolutely biblical what they're saying. So uh, I don't doubt or question anything that um, anyone has said, and that's just honest truth. But uh, you know, um, it's one thing to, to to know something, and it's you know all of all a whole other story, you know, to 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 do it uh, to. Um, follow through on it or whatever. So it's it's um, you know you have to be intentional with it. You have to just make up in your mind. Look, I am going to get the help that I need. I am going to. Yes, I'll continue to pray. I will, but at the same time, I have to um, you know talk to the right somebody, not just anybody. And uh, you know what the brother said about triggers. Yeah, there's a ton of triggers, man. It's just. Um, um, you know, it can be death, it can be it can be any little thing. But uh also another thing that I don't know if you guys thought about it, but I did. I said earlier that I know that some way, you know, I'm coming out of this. That's my hope, that's my dream, that's my belief. And just to show you how good God is, just to be honest with you, I don't even know the brother's name that was on the phone, but the fact you know, the fact that he happened to come over to Somebody who I don't even know whose house he's over right now, but the fact that he happened to walk in on a conversation and was able to add what he added, you know, really, um, you know, helped out a lot. It spoke volumes. So, in other words, what I'm saying is God will put the right people in your path, but you have to take full advantage of it. So, um, what he said blessed me. I really appreciate it, and uh, I don't take it for granted in the least bit, you know. Sometimes, um, the doctor needs to be healed himself. Sometimes the one that's preaching needs to be preached too. So uh, I appreciate what he shared. I appreciate his openness, his honesty, and I appreciate this conversation. I don't, I don't take any of it for granted. So I know God hears my cry. He knows where I am, and He is sending help. But I have to accept the help that He sends. True that. True that. Now, Twitter, what's your thought? Y'all have been saying some good things on here, and uh, like I agree with my friend, and uh, I agree with Pastor. You know, it's all about one of the things where you got to talk with the right person. You know, uh, everybody you can't share that with, because everybody's not going to help you get through that. Some people can make you feel worse than what you do, or you know, put you in a place where you feel like it is your fault and make you feel horrible. So it's all about talking to the right person that you can trust, mm-hmm. that you can confide in, that can be there with you to help build you up, to help get you through it, and being open about it. And like you said, the Bible said faith without works is dead. If you want to get through it, you got to put some actions to it, you know. Yeah. And as Pastor said, accept the help. God may send the help your way. It may not be the help you thought God was going to send your way, but God is sending the right person or thing in your way and in your path that will help you get through what you're going through. You just have to be open that God knows you best. And what he's sending your way is exactly what you need at the right time that you need 
to propel you to where you really need to go. Thank you for coming, man. Uh, feel free to come and join us anytime, man. We'd love to have you. Uh, Pastor, my Thank brother, you. your heart, my Yes, sir. A lot better getting off than I was getting on. <laughs> know that. I love you, man. And, and I thank y'all, each and every one of y'all, man. And I thank everybody for listening. This, my heart is smiling, man, just knowing that somebody situation has been addressed and maybe somebody got some type of resolution. So, Pastor, if you will, without further ado, go ahead and do what you do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lord, first and foremost, I, I got to say thank you, not uh, trying to be selfish, but God, thank you for sending a rel- relevant topic. Thank you for sending not only uh, a way to identify the problem, but sending a solution also. Lord, thank you so much. Only you knew, God, um, you already knew what we were going to discuss. You already knew what we were dealing with. And God, in your own way, you sent answers, and I appreciate it. I pray, God, that um, anybody that's dealing with depression, I pray that anybody that's, um, you know, trying to really just 
they really won't admit that I am depressed. I pray that tonight was a blessing for them. I pray, God, that depression will not, matter of fact, I speak, that depression will not overtake anybody. I pray and believe that, you know, that beyond the shadow of a doubt that we're going to live and not die. I believe, God, that somebody got an answer tonight that uh, it starts with prayer and it includes conversation. Uh, So, God, I thank you for all of it. I ask that you bless everybody that's on this line that contributed, that opened up and allowed themselves to be naked and not ashamed. I thank you for the brother that uh, just literally just seemingly just fell out of the sky and just came in to add to this conversation. He truly allowed himself to be used tonight. And I pray that you'll bless them many times over. I pray that you'll bless Mr. Quick and Miss Quick, God, and uh, allow them to continue this ministry because truly that's what it is. Anybody that's depressed, God, I speak life over them right now. I speak that they will get started on this thing tonight, not tomorrow, but tonight, that they will not allow themselves to stay beneath where God wants them to be. You said that you want us to uh, have joy. You said that you wish above all things that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. Help us to know it starts with you, but then even beyond you, there are people you place in our lives. Help us to be able to identify those folks and use them in the right way. Thank you, God. Not only are we coming out, we're coming out stronger, and we're coming out with a testimony. I call this line blessed, and I call everybody on the line and listening to the line blessed. Thank you, Lord. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Well, that concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. Uh, I am the host, number one, Mr. Quick, with my guest, my brother, my wife, my panel, whatever you want to call it. Uh, thank each and every one of you for listening. Thank you for for having us in your homes, in your life, in your ear. We thank you. If you need anyone to talk to, the, the National Toll-Free Line for Depression is 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. Eight two five five. Love God. Love yourself. Love each other. Peace. <laughs>